Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome wherever you are around the world to a very special Spurs show live from Madrid. Amazing, utterly surreal. When you hear this show, you'll know the result. We don't as yet. Uh, oh, God, I'm so nervous. Anyway, joining me, uh, uh, a, a man who's been wonderful for us this season, been on many, many shows, brilliant journalist from Haters TV. Please welcome Mr. Jerry Cox. How are you, Jerry? I'm good. I'm also very nervous. When did you get here? I got here yesterday morning. I went, right. to, I went to the pre-match press conference and training session last night. Yeah. Players looked very relaxed, which was great. Spent yeah. some time with their families after training. Right. So, uh, fingers crossed. All good. And now, please welcome our very, very special guest today. We're, we're so honoured to have him. Incredibly busy schedule because he worked for Norwegian TV now. He's like the sort of the Gary Lineker of, of, of Norway when it comes to broadcasting. I think it's a nice thing to say. Uh, I could make some Lineker reference there, but I'll probably get sued, so it's probably best not to. Please welcome a man who played uh, just under 200 times for Spurs, a 1991 FA Cup winner. Please welcome Mr. Eric Torsvet. Eric, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's, uh, you've, you've made a lot of old men and women very, very happy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've spent so many years trying to forget my first match for Tottenham. And now, just in the space of 20 minutes, you know, 10 people reminded me. <laughs> 
Well, that's my first Thanks question. For that. Fucked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much. And what are you? What are you doing here in Madrid? You're, you're obviously off to work. Yeah, I work for Norwegian Telly, which is brilliant because I get to get into the match, and I know there's many people here who actually hasn't got a ticket, which is really sad. But it also says something uh, about them to actually to be here still without a ticket, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, going way, way back now, uh, for those who don't re remember, before you joined Tottenham, you were kind of there on a trial for a while before you actually finally signed. Was that, was I was right? there for a few weeks, actually, right. uh, a few years earlier, but it was really difficult to get a work permit back then. Right. If the, the players' union were, were really strong and if they said uh, no, then basically you couldn't get it. So I, I travelled to, uh, to Eastern Europe, I remember, for, with Spurs playing in Europe. I roomed with Ossie, uh, who uh, was injured at the time, so he was just uh, playing poker and smoking, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and lost. Uh, how, how old were you at this stage? I, you I was in the very early 20s, right. uh, 21, 22, something like that. I remember, just remember, after losing, he was very like, re relaxed about it. He said, it's only money. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, but that was my first encounter with Aussie, basically. Wow. Uh, and uh, I was, my, my heart was broken, basically, when I didn't get the work permit, because I was so uh, geared towards making this move. So when Spurs came in for me later on, I didn't think it was going to happen, because I gone through it once before. You've been playing in Germany then, did you go to Germany? Yeah, Germany, and I was with IFK, IFK Gothenburg, yeah. which was a really good team then, they just yeah. won the UEFA Cup. Um, and, but it was strange, because uh, suddenly this place, PFA said, uh, okay, maybe you need a goalie. <laughs> and then uh, they said, yes, you can come, so that was it. So the work permit just checked, just magically, just yeah, finally, just, just yeah, fell into fine. place, and that was it. Yeah. Well, and, and sort of what was the, you know, had you been to London many, many times? What was it like moving here and, you know, that, sort that of was, lot, you know, dealing with the sort of British players and their really kind of easy. sense of humour? It was really easy. I mean, it's uh, uh, because I've been to Germany and I, I mean, they were really professional and they were really good and they trained hard and everything was in place, uh, which wasn't the case in England, I have to admit, but the mentality was so much easier to get into the group, to be part of the fun. I have to say, I was shocked uh, coming to Tottenham, uh, <laughs> because, I mean, uh, English youths in general, maybe going abroad and stuff, I mean, it was crazy, and footballers was even worse, and Tottenham at that time, you could multiply it by 10. So it was just absolutely, but it just takes a few months and then you get into it and then you think it's, uh, it's really funny. You so know? Who, who are the players that try to get you off the straight and narrow then in those early days? No, you, you, obviously Gaza quickly comes to mind. <laughs> but I knew it'd come up this afternoon. Yeah. I knew it'd come up. But it, it, the, the thing was, he wasn't the worst, you know? Really? No, no. I mean, there was players that were, like Steve Sedgley was, I mean, you could, you could basically, basically get Sedge to do absolutely anything. I mean, there was no limits whatsoever. Really? And, uh, but I think, if you look at, to be a bit serious, if you look at um, the way Pochettino works and the whole setup of the club, it's much more uh, geared towards uh, performance. I mean, uh, the, the, the leadership techniques now are 
advanced. I mean, the way he creates this incredible bond between the players, uh, the way they just work towards getting better all the time. We spent most of the time trying to take the piss. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, and that's a vast, that's a vast difference. It was Venables. It was Venables that, that was. That it was Venables. Was different ones. And Venice was brilliant because he was a player's, uh, uh, you know, person. So he was always backing the players. But he said that you can't change a player. So he basically said, well, that's the way he is, and let's move on. And you know, Tottenham, uh, well, we were able to play well at certain times. We could raise our game in cup matches, for instance. Yeah. But we never had the steely backbone to perform well over a whole season which they have now to a far different degree so uh, I, th I thought they were sort of a bit afraid of the players they let him have a lot of freedom um, and in the background Gary Mabbitt and myself were frantically trying to sort out the mess uh, you know we had this Christmas party at, uh, down in London and uh, at Planet Hollywood and Planet Hollywood sent the two of us jackets afterwards as thanks <laughs> for the efforts of trying to keep everything under control. Uh, so, uh, and it was funny. A lot of the stuff that happened was obviously funny, but it wasn't geared toward uh, performance. Like when we made the cup final in 91, which is like a hell of an occasion, you would think that there's only one thing that matters now, and that's to win this trophy. I mean, we're in the cup final. It doesn't happen that often. But what happens is something called player's pool, which is basically <laughs> one thing is top of mind. How much money can we make out of this? How much money can we make out of this occasion? And fair enough, the players didn't earn as much back then. But still, it was like we had to elect an agent who was going to be in charge of the players' pool. And all the players had different agents trying to position themselves. So there, there was a vote. But Gasser was pissed off because he didn't like the, the agent that won. And then some people said, well, the apprentices got to vote. They shouldn't be able to vote. We need a re-vote. And then this massive quarrel was on, which is like strange. Is this sort of the lead up to the cup final? Yeah, this, this is, is, this is our preparation. Up, yeah. And when we actually, in the end, traveled to Wembley, the whole of the bus was decorated with advertising sold by the players, which is like ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And obviously, yeah, you got some money from this, but it was like... This was in the forefront, and I just found the whole thing a bit strange. We got 85 tickets each for the cup final. Paul Stewart gave one to his brother, one to his father, and he sold 83. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw not at face value. His mother Either. didn't get one. His mother had to watch it on telly. <laughs> you know, it was like... Incredible, isn't it? Eric, Eric, do you, do you remember the, uh, the Steve Sedgley and Gazza challenge on eating a toilet block? Were you there at that time? Uh, no, I can't remember that one. But uh, <laughs> I was like, we played away to Sheffield United or someone, and someone jumped on my nose. So I basically broke it, and I was bleeding, and I was like having all these tissues, like with full of blood on, on the table in, in the bus going back to London. And Sedgley walked past and ate them. <laughs> As you do. And, uh, I mean, this is way down on the scale of things that Sedge actually did. So, but uh, you mentioned a challenge. Uh, what was that? So, uh, David Howells told me this one. 
Gazza had been uh, eating his lunch in the canteen at Mill Hill, you know, that little canteen there, and he had a cigar on, as, as you do as a 21-year-old footballer having your lunch, and he, he kept flicking the ash in Steve Sedgley's lasagna. And Steve was, was getting fed up. Stop it, Gazza, stop it. And he kept flicking it, and eventually stubbed out his cigar in the lasagna. So Sedge just gobbled up the cigar. So Gazza went, is there nothing you wouldn't eat? And Sedge said, no, I don't mind. So Gazza said, what, even a toilet block? And he goes, yeah. So he said, if I give you 100 quid, would you eat a toilet block? He said, yeah. So the players ran off, scooped up these toilet blocks. Oh, so they, were, they, weren't even, they were being used toilet blocks. Used from the urinals, oh. bought them out, Sedgley ate every one of them. <laughs> Gazza then wrote out a cheque for £100 on the spot. And Steve Edge, C. Sedgley, ate that as well. <laughs> True story. True story. That is unbelievable. You mentioned there uh, the, 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 the 91 cut run. Um, do, do you remember some of those early games? It was the... Um, Port, I think it was the Portsmouth game when it was some of the worst weather. No, it was, uh, it was Blackpool away. Blackpool, Blackpool, sorry. It's the, it's the most windy wow. match I've ever played. It was so windy and it, it was like a, a lotto. Uh, you know, it was a coin toss whether we, who would win the whole thing. Yeah. You know, we could so easily have gone out in that match because, I mean, the wind was... If you were trying to kick the ball out, you were fearing an own goal. I mean, it would come back over your head and just sail in. It was incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, those early games, you, said, yeah, you mentioned them at Blackpool and, and, and uh, uh, Portsmouth coming up. What's your memories then of the, the semi-final? Uh, because obviously we were playing an Arsenal team that had w- uh, won the league and they were effectively going for the double. A bit like uh, tonight's game, uh, we were pretty much massive underdogs good players uh, against a team I mean I know Liverpool didn't win the title this year but you know points total normally would do what was the feeling in, within the players and the camp that you know was there real belief that, that, that you could turn them over yeah I mean we didn't feel uh, you know a lesser team than, than Arsenal we didn't I mean they won the league and, and, uh, but we felt we could beat them and uh, I know many fans and many probably here as well think of that as sort of the big match in that season Beating Arsenal was the, was the big thing and the cup final was just like a, something that came afterwards. But uh, for me, it's, it's like uh, if you win the cup, like, and it's a scandal, Spurs haven't won anything as big exactly. since then. Yeah. And, and to be honest, uh, they, if they put that right tonight, that would be just absolutely incredible. But, uh, but to, to, if you win something, I mean, you get a medal and I, I'm, I'm not really sure where my medal is, but... It's, you're in the books and no one can ever take that away from you. Mm. You've actually won the FA Cup and that's just something that you sort of carry with you uh, always and uh, just makes you uh, like a part of this incredible family. Uh, yeah. which, because football is, is a, it's a tribe thing. It's a tribal matter. It's, like it's, it's about uh, who are you? What's your identity? Who, where do you belong? And... Uh, to have this, some people say it's the most important thing in your life for your life happiness. You need a tribe to belong to. If you don't have it, you miss something missing in your life. And to have this tribal Tottenham family thing is of great value. Yeah. And I've managed to pass it down to my sons, and it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's lovely. Let's. Uh... 
let's talk about the final um, listening at home after this very short break. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And we're back. That's it. That's what happens with podcasts, you see. They'll drop an advert in, and well, hopefully. Uh, and, and we stay here and continue. Uh, it's seamless, isn't it? That, 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 that final, I mean, well, let's talk a bit about Gaza now, because obviously there was the incredible goal in, in the semi-final. Uh, he was obviously extremely, appeared to be extremely hyper in the final, and obviously, I mean, let's face it, he should have been sent off before he was stretched off. What was it like going into that game, um, and then just to build up to it, what, 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 was, what was it like? Uh, we had all this, as mentioned, this players' pool thing. We were making a record, and we did lots of stuff, and I just remember I was just incredibly nervous. I have to be honest. I mean, people look at footballers and think they can handle anything, but I, I was really nervous. The, the, the night before the match... I had to go to the doctor during the night and just ask for a sleeping pill because I thought I can't go through the whole night without sleeping anything. So I did, and, uh, but the adrenaline pumps so much and uh, uh, maybe one of my favorite memories from that day was when um, Princess Diana told me that her skirt was much too tight. Uh, and, you know, it's... Uh, That's the title of the show, Paul. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you're lined up before the match and then the Royals come out to, to, to greet you and say hello. And uh, I'm sort of goalie, so I'm lined up first. Uh, and then first it's Prince Charles with pretty massive big ears and long steps <laughs> like this. And then seven meters behind him is a really hard-working Princess Diana. And she comes, you know, like this. Maybe the ladies can appreciate. And uh, she walks up to me and she leans towards me and she says intimately into my ear, Oh, my skirt is too tight. <laughs> and uh, Words you never thought you'd hear. No, but I mean, it's, it's like typical two weeks later, you come up with a good reply to, you know, to, to something like that. So I, the, the, the only thing I managed to get at was like a highly intelligent. <laughs> so that was it, basically. Did it see her again? That was, Did it. So that was a good start to the match. Did uh, it settle your nerves, though? Sorry? Did it settle your nerves? It did. I mean, she was so kind. And uh, Bagasa kissed her hand, which you're not supposed to do, but she didn't seem to mind. So uh, everything was okay, basically. So uh, we had this big, before the cup final also, we had this big discussion because we played with um, Hummel, yeah. which yes, hadn't, right. and they were going bankrupt and they hadn't fulfilled their obligations. So Tottenham could walk away from that deal basically but there was only one match left the cup final so the question was shall we give them this incredible marketing platform when they haven't paid us the money or shall we change to a different brand but will we jinx something we will destroy something if we suddenly come out with a different kit so I remember Venables spoke to us about this and we you know in the end they they decided yeah we will come out with the Umbro kit for this match so it was the first time we used it and it was this long shorts that went almost down to the knees which was like different so um uh, and it was in the beginning it was like 
everything is going against us. Gaza got injured. Uh, they scored from the free kick. It should have been disallowed. There was a big push in the box. Yeah, it was. And uh, we missed the penalty. So yeah. everything was going against us. But uh, in the end, it was okay. Yeah. There was yeah. also with the shirt sponsor. Was it Holston? Some of the shirts had Holston, some didn't. That was 87. Yeah, there was some Coventry. That was 87. Sorry, I, I get my okay. years mixed up. Sorry, apologies for that. Um, and then, yes, so what was said at half time? Because you mentioned those things happened. We had a goal disallowed as well for offside that wasn't offside, didn't we? Lineker. Yeah, that's right. So that happens as well. So you've gone at half time, you've, you've lost your kind of star player. He's off to Princess Grace Hospital. You've, you've, your top striker's missed a penalty. What, what, can you remember what was said in the dressing room? No, but luckily I've got a recording here on my iPhone. <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, no I, I can't remember to be honest. But in a situation like that, it's just about keeping calm and keep, keep believing. You know, that's it. You know, don't lose your heads. Keep working. Uh, we knew that Knott's Forest. They, I mean, they went that good. I mean, they they went better than us. So we just kept going, and we had this situation when it was extra time, mm. when you saw this. Brian Clough just sat yeah. still without talking to his team. And Venice was there, like, trying to get everyone, you know, going and everything. So it was just a bit of strange thing to see this fantastic manager who won so much. And I don't know if it was, like, a reverse psychology thing or whatever, but he was just, like, sitting there. He yeah. was tired, maybe. Explain the fiend. I mean, obviously, we saw the incredible scenes against Ajax and the outpouring of emotion by not just us, the fans, but the players and the coaching staff. Try and explain what it's like when that final whistle goes and you've won the FA Cup final. Uh, it was like, uh, for me, it was a bit confusing. I've never really been in a situation like that, so I didn't know, shall I sit down and cry? Or should I run around and celebrate like a headless chicken? Uh, so in the end, it was a pathetic in-between thing. <laughs> <laughs> which did look good, uh, but uh, you just don't, you, you're not really there, you just lose it basically. Yeah. And uh, the scenes and everything, for me, it's so fascinating to see. We spoke a little bit about the Pochettino way of, of building everything and how creating a bond between humans can make a better football team. Yeah. You know, we were footballers, but as it is now, Pochettino will probably say to a player, uh, I like you as a footballer, but I, I like you more as a human being. And as a human being, you are more important to me than as a footballer. They create something there which is mm. so strong that when you need three goals and you have to dig so deep, they actually manage to do it. And I, I was uh, at um, the stadium last night. I went into the dressing room. The Liverpool dressing room is a lot bigger. Yes. Uh, Can you imagine? Uh, but what they've done is, and it's incredible, and there's no coincidences here. It's about marginal gains. They try and, you know, push everything in the right direction so we will win the match, basically. They put up pictures uh, in the dressing room, you know, a massive big picture of the new wall of sound stand at the new stadium with um, To Dare Is To Do, you know. Yeah. And then they put up pictures from after the IX match with everybody celebrating and uh, just trying to create this, you know, family thing. And, and emotions play such a big part. Like 20 years ago, you would never see a manager cry. You just wouldn't yeah. do it. Very I true. mean, he was supposed to be a strong man. It was about a little bit about distance between uh, the, the manager and the player. I read somewhere that someone called Pochettino half man and half bear because he hugged so much, right. you know? And, 
it, it's this thing which I, I think it's, it's incredible to see, to see. Even the warm-up. They use the warm-ups not just to get ready physically, but to bond. Mm. They, they do stuff that just brings them even closer together. And I think that has made the team so strong. And, and they're brilliant footballers there, but also they have this thing, which I have to say also Liverpool have. Klopp is also really good at this. But Pochettino, what a man, and we are so lucky to have it. Mm. Absolutely right. I've heard that the club, uh, I don't know if you heard this, the, the club in the Spurs there, apparently putting flags and stuff out, and the, there was to do with the mosaic and all that, whereas Liverpool haven't done as much. So I think once you see... Um, the stadium full tonight. I think we're going to look absolutely magnificent out there, the, the Spurs fans. Yeah, tonight. And, and going back to Eric's point about the manager and putting pictures up in the dressing room, at the new stadium, at the new White Hart Lane, I'm, I got a, a, a sort of tour down there early on, just before it uh, opened up. And that all along by the Players' Tunnel, you've probably seen this, there are pictures going back all the way through Spurs history, all the great moments. And that was Pochettino's insistence that every player who walks down along, out the dressing room, along the tunnel, not just the Tottenham players, but the opponents, just soak up what the club means, all the historic moments. And that was Pochettino's idea, you know. So it's, it's just bringing that history right into what the players, into their heads, just before they go out there, you know. I mean, you now work as, you know, as, as, you know, as a broadcaster now in, in Norway, and you said you, saw, you see all the games effectively. How, you know, win or lose tonight... How far do you think this team can go with, with the managers we've got? It, it all depends. I think uh, they've done tremendously well with the squad they have. And they're sort of still pretty young and can develop. But all the clubs need some fresh blood. And, uh, you know, I'm just a bit worried, I have to admit, about the cost of the new stadium. Because it's fantastic, but it's cost a fortune. And how much of that extra cost that came on top will make it more difficult to, to buy players. Mm. And uh, to, to strengthen Spurs isn't easy because they are brilliant. They are fantastic players. And to buy someone better does take quite a lot of money. Well, I mean, Damien Camoli did the show here before and he was talking about, you know, on the sort of business side of things. And mm. again, Levy, it's all about buying young and, and doing that. But again, don't forget the extra money we've made by getting to the Champions League yeah. final. They couldn't have budgeted for that. Mm. You know, so I think, well, let's hope. I'm sure money will be spent in the right places. I, I've been told that they are prepared to spend money this year. And it won't be perhaps, you know, marquee signings, but it will be astute signings. A bit like Damien was saying, you know, buying good young players that are going to develop in the next one year or two years to really push those in the first team. Yeah, fair enough. And Eric, now, you know, when you, again, thank you so much for being here. When you come back to London, when you see the sort of Spurs fans, all these years on now... What, what, what does the club still mean to you? It uh, just uh, brings joy and togetherness, really. It's this thing uh, of uh, not just in England, not just London, not just going to a match at, uh, what do you call it, New White Hart Lane? Is that the so official? It's the new yeah. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So they give the naming rights uh, to someone. But it's, to the fans, it's White Hart Lane. Yeah. And also, but it's, to me, it's like when I'm in Norway and just sit down and with my two sons and just have this something we they are 
far quicker with news, news about Spurs and everything. They keep feeding me news about Tottenham because they, they are young and they have all the apps and stuff and they just follow everything. And uh, I think that's, that we can have that together and that we're going to have it all the way through our lives. Do they watch your games back? Do they look at some of your old games? I haven't told YouTube? them that I've actually played for Tottenham. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's uh, I'm going to start with the, the, the first match against Nottingham Forest and we'll probably we'll take it from there <laughs> start with the 91 cup final yeah. win I think and then, then work your way backwards well look Eric thank you so much for joining us Jerry as well uh, it, it's been a delight to see you again ladies and gentlemen Mr. Eric Torsford thank you thanks Well, wonderful show. Uh, we've got 10 minutes left to this venue for drinking up. And uh, so please stay and finish your drinks. We're going to be out at four. But uh, look, it's all about tonight. Let's hope and pray that we'll, I mean, we will be that 12th man, I think, tonight. Let's just shout and sing so we have no voice left tonight. It's so, so important that we've travelled all this way, spent thousands of pounds to be here. Don't just sit down and just watch it like you're watching television tonight. Just give it your all as well, and it's so important. Thank you so much for coming along today. It's, it's been wonderful. It's been logistically difficult to do this, and we really appreciate you coming along and supporting the show. And let's all just have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Cheers. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.